Hey everyone, and welcome to New Way, the podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. I'm your host, Sarah Hayden. Evangelism, testimony. Many of us were formed by these concepts, and many of us feel weary just hearing these words. Are they tired and empty? Are these practices, once at the heart of Christianity, now harmful or out of touch? What does it mean to live, share, and notice the good that comes from God? That's what we're exploring this week through three very special episodes produced for the Rethinking Evangelism Conference, which is happening right now via the magic of Zoom and through the work of the Montreat Conference Center in North Carolina and the Office of Theology, Formation, and Evangelism of the Presbyterian Mission Agency. We had originally planned to record a live broadcast of our podcast together on the stage of Anderson Auditorium in beautiful Montreat. Alas, 2020 has kept us home, and the cataclysmic circumstances in our world have kept us searching for the ways in which we can be most useful, purposeful, and courageous as people of faith. We hope this podcast format gives you a chance to move away from a screen and move around if you can, maybe through your home or church neighborhood, as you listen to the unique stories of three different leaders. Each opens their hearts to us and tells what makes sharing in the gospel the ultimate, real, tangible, and life-giving force for their churches and broader community. Since good questions are at the heart of faith, after each conversation, I will have some specific questions for you to ponder. We'll pose a few each episode. Feel free to consider the one that sticks out to you the most, and perhaps pose that question to a friend, family member, or neighbor. For now, as you listen carefully for the good news of Jesus Christ in your own community, imagine how God is inviting you to partner with the work that God is already doing. Today's conversation features the Reverend Miriam Maritson, pastor of Sirius Juju in Kalispell, Montana. Sirius Juju is a new worshiping community of young people, mostly skateboarders, many who live life on the edge of support and trauma. What does sharing in God's good news look like in this community? And how do the stories from these young people's lives allow them to give courage and hope to one another? Just a note, in our conversation, Miriam shares some specific trauma that is experienced among the Juju community, which is a part of the story of this ministry. But we wanted to give you a heads up. Let's listen in. So we are a community of skateboarders, and that is nothing that I knew anything about before this. Um, skateboarding is was completely unfamiliar to me. So being a part of this community, it's incredible. But the skateboarding warehouse does take everybody by surprise when I say I'm a skateboard pastor. I definitely get a second glance of what? <laughs> yeah, I was seeing on your website, you guys have a picture of some of the kids, some of the members of the church who are on a ramp um, about <laughs> to do a trick mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a quote from a skate coach named Judah Gillis. Mm-hmm. Skateboarding is about overcoming your fears. Yes. I'm wondering why they might turn to skateboarding or um, what it does when you become a skateboarder for your life, for your friendship community. Mm. Yeah, the platform of skateboarding has incredible connections with the gospel, and I continue to be amazed as I'm learning more and more about skateboarding culture and the friendships around this very um, individualistic, expressional style of sport. These kids really gravitate to one another 
because skateboarding is such an individualized sport. There's no team jerseys. There's no booster club. There's there's no stadium really to mm-hmm. do your tricks in front of a crowd. And so oftentimes these kids work so hard day in, day out, so long, sometimes all day long in the summertime out at the skate park working on something. And they only have you know, their friends if they're around to kind of show that to you. So in this community, this place of faith, we get to be the witnesses to their flight, to their struggles, to their pain, their fears, and all the hard work that they've put into making these tricks uh, work. And it's inspirational for us who get to sit on the sidelines and do the easy work of cheering them on, witnessing how hard they're working Mm -hmm. and what they're overcoming. Yeah. Whenever we celebrate sacraments, it's a wild experience. I've never experienced such a wild wild about it. So when we celebrate communion uh, as a few times a year and the kids, there's a group that's eager. They rush to the bread right away. They'll hop down off the skate ramps, come down and. And they're in line. Some of them like to circle back and come again (laughs) for another round of communion. Mm -hmm. And then the other half think it's all over. The service is over. And then they're just hopping on their skateboards right away. And and just learn to not try to control that energy, but just to be present, to look at each face coming forward eagerly and what it means to each and every person who's there. We've definitely seen people taking communion that have never done so in their lives or not for a good long while. And you can tell it means something to them. And then the kids serve one another from time to time, too. And they're very eager to do that as well. That's beautiful. Um, You said something that struck me the other day that Hmm. sometimes we sedate ourselves. We look to be distracted from something that could be actually, in fact, very holy. The experience of pain together in community and acknowledging trauma and pain that we experience. Mm-hmm. So would you tell us a little bit about <laughs> trauma and pain that might be experienced from some of the folks that come to Juju and how do that changes worship when you gather on Friday nights? Yes. As a pastor, one of my primary roles I'm finding out in this particular community is to hear their stories and to acknowledge that their suffering is real, that their pain is real, and that we can see it and hold it and not be afraid of it together, that all humans know suffering and we all experience great pain, but neither suffering or pain are ever an excuse to cause pain for another person. And that's one of the hardest things we have to do in our life is to learn to look on ourselves with compassion and find compassion for others. And oftentimes as a pastor, I've had a lot of training and it's mostly to give compassion to others without that great commandment of loving yourself first. It's really hard to have authentic compassion for others and authentic healing for ourselves. So these kids are sharing stories of um, testifying. They share their witness of being left at the babysitters for six months instead of six hours. They tell stories of hearing their parents screaming and fighting And mom comes in bloodied and bruised and crawling into the bed with them and asking them to go tend to their little sister. They tell stories of parents incarcerated and and a parent coming out of prison and the way to get to the mom is to kidnap the child. And so here we go again. Dad's taking me away. They share about sexual assault and abuse 
from neighbors and family. They are talking about testifying when all the family wants to do is just move on and put things behind them. And that renders and requires them to be silent and just continue on as if nothing happened. They're exceptional kids that absorb so many falls, so much neglect or abandonment, and yet they keep getting up and they keep skating through their pain. In the midst of this community, um, you have had to stop telling kids that Juju is safe. And I was mm. really struck by that and wondering if you would say right. more about that. Our kids have experienced enormous amounts of trauma. And, and so that fluffy gospel of... Well, if you're just following after Christ, then you won't suffer. It's just such a malnourished gospel. Um, they're not just victims and they're not just survivors. These kids, you know, they witness enormous trauma. They witness enormous pain and struggle. And yet they are also sometimes the first to express the generosity of the gospel. They are the ones who are opening up the doors to their homes or their trailers or offering their couches to one another. They recognize when each other are in danger and they take the signs of abuse and neglect very seriously, even when their own abuse or neglect or hunger wasn't taken seriously. They are keenly aware of one another is in danger and so they are often on the phone calling mom and dad or whomever grandma might be there to say, you know, I've got space. I can give this up. Could we have this person here? They can't go home tonight. They are enormously generous with each other. For many of them, even trying to keep up with owning a skateboard, which can be fairly expensive too. And when they break, they break because you skate hard and then you've got to replace that skateboard. And I'm so amazed at how many times when they are taking apart and finding the pieces of their board that they can reuse, how often they share things with those that they know need parts and pieces or just giving their whole deck away. They are so incredibly generous with one another. When I look at them, I see, gosh, you need this for yourself. And yet they recognize and value the needs of each other and place those ahead of themselves so many times it astonishes me. It goes against that thinking of kids only being able to look to their own needs. And yet, because of their pain, they have the ability to recognize other people in pain and they know how to alleviate that. They know how to witness to it, to say you're not alone and this is what I can do to be there for you. And it gives them a measure of healing, I think, too, that they can offer that to one another, be an agent of healing for the other I wonder when you have the attention of the kids who come to Juju, what you hope to convey to them about the life of faith, about the gospel message mm. that you hope they hear above all the noise and chaos in their lives. I hope they hear that God is with them in their suffering, that they are not doomed to become their abuser, doomed to become whatever abusive model that they've witnessed, but that in Christ, they find new life. In Christ, they are released from hell, <laughs> that they are witnessing here on earth and that they can be the source of healing for one another. And so oftentimes they are, they are a powerful bomb of healing for one another. 
that through their pain, they see others that no one else sees and they can lift each other up and be lifted up when everyone else in their lives who should be loving them is absorbed in their own issues and their own mess, that these kids can sense that God's love is irreversible and complete and has nothing to do with their performance, but has everything to do with their worth and their value that has never changed, never been marred. Amen. God bless you, Miriam. <laughs> I love serving and feeling called to a community and not just a particular set of people or a certain denomination or congregation. I love being a pastor to the community and I'm continually amazed that skateboarders can be such a conduit of drawing a slice of humanity together that otherwise would have no reason to serve on the same team, mm. but find themselves, whether professing Christians or, or not at all, that they find themselves on the team of this gospel ministry because they believe in the power of these kids and what these kids mean for this community. You can learn more about Miriam and the ministry and life of Sirius Juju at SiriusJuju.com. Before we go, though, I want to invite you to consider your own context in light of this conversation. And I specifically encourage you to ponder the following questions. As I listen to Miriam's story, these are the questions that come to my heart. And so I share them with you and invite you to live them alongside of me. If you don't have the perfect answer, that's okay. Let it spur you not to answers, but better questions. Feed it your gifts of energy, intelligence, imagination, and love. And maybe pose a few to your family or friends as well. Our conversation today started out with a description of skateboarding as a sport without need of a stadium, crowd, jerseys, and yet the participants of Juju stay all day in and out to work on their skills and to share them with one another. I'm curious about this lack of performativity in the church and want to ask you, are there spaces in your faith and ministry that are absent of the need for performance or style? but where you simply spend time in God's presence, working on what gives you joy and purpose. I'll give you some space to consider that. And finally, what do you think about Miriam's description of what she calls a malnourished gospel, that we will not experience suffering if we follow Jesus? What emotions or experiences does this elicit? How can this perspective be a gift? Friends, when you come back from your walk or listen, give yourself permission, if you can, to ponder these questions or write down some of your own. Not just today, but in the days to come. Maybe jot down a few notes or intentions. Friends, we've posed a lot of questions over the last couple of days, and I hope you'll take the time to live them out, not just today, but in the days to come. Thank you for listening to these special episodes of New Way, the podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. A special shout out to our producer, the amazing Marthame Sanders, who hosts his own podcast, which is also a new worshiping community, called AIJCast. Even after the conference, we hope you'll keep joining us for more episodes of New Way. 
find us, simply type New Way into Apple, Google Play, or Spotify, or wherever you find great podcasts. And make sure to click subscribe. You can also find our full episode archives online at newchurchnewway.org. Catch you next time. Thank you.